The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So the midterms coming up Tuesday, the prognostications are very positive for Republicans. It could be consequential if we win the governorship of Arizona, say, Carrie Lake, against Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs will not debate Carrie Lake. Why will Katie Hobbs not debate Carrie Lake? Well, because Carrie Lake is, well, she could give a master class in how to dispatch the kind of gotcha questions that are out there. And Carrie Lake has a way of resonating with people. She's very, very articulate. She's a former uh, newscaster, worked in uh, television for 27 years, so the people know her. She's got name recognition. But I love how she takes a very, very difficult, ticklish situation and turns it back to her advantage. Chris Bickley from CBS News. I don't know if you've seen this ad attacking you. Which one? Which one? Which one, Chris? The the, the mother of Brian Signet, the Capitol Police officer that died uh, the day after January 6th. She, in in an attack ad, is saying that people like you specifically are responsible for her son's death. I'm curious what you think when you hear that. What's her name? The mother of Brian Sicknick? Yeah. I think it's Cindy Sicknick. Cindy, I just want to say to Cindy Sicknick, I'm so sorry about the death of your son. It, it is tragic. I'm a, a mother myself, and that is, uh, it breaks my heart. That's a, that is a wound when you lose a child, no matter how old they are, that never heals. And so I don't want to disparage her. She doesn't know me. I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th. And I understand that her son died, I think, the following day of a stroke or natural causes. And I, I feel for her, and I, I see the pain in her eyes. And I would never try to disparage or hurt her, because I know when a mother has pain like that, there's no way to heal that. And that's why I feel for these moms and dads who hit me up on the campaign trail, and they grab me. And you can spot them from across the room. There is a, a loss in their lives that can never be replaced, and we're losing thousands of young people. When they tell me they lost a son to fentanyl, when they lost a daughter to fentanyl poisoning. Um, This is why we are pushing so hard to secure that border and stop fentanyl from pouring across. I'm used to attack ads. I've had probably more money spent against me than any candidate in Arizona in attack ads, but the people know me here. They're not believing what they're seeing in the attack ads. I've been in their homes for 27 years. And additionally, besides attack ads, I've had 100% negative lying coverage by the fake news of me and my campaign and our people. And so we've withstood that, and we will win, and we're going to do great things for Arizona despite what you guys say. Now that is how you do it. You take a gotcha question, which seemingly leaves you no out, right? The mother of a dead police officer. How are you going to criticize the mother of a dead police officer? She didn't. She didn't even bother. She expressed sympathy for the loss of the mother's son. And then she said, you know, I hear from a lot of parents who lose sons and daughters to fentanyl. She turned it to the border. She took a gotcha ad and turned it to the border. And then she put the cherry on the pie that she just shoved in that dude's face by saying, 
and I'm used to attack ads because that's all you guys do is attack me. But the people who know me, the people who support me, my people, my voters, we're not going to be cowed by people like you. This is an important message. It's what I tell you all the time. You got to be courageous. You got to step up. Now, I wish I could say Don uh, 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 Doug Mastriano was going to win in Pennsylvania. It does not appear he's going to win in Pennsylvania. But it does not mean that he doesn't have a winning message for Republicans. He has a very winning message for Republicans. This is the message I try to convey to you. Maybe it will sink in if Doug Mastriano offers it. Republicans, we need a little courage. Stand up and have a backbone. It's our responsibility to defend this, this republic here. And just because they're going to call us mean names doesn't mean we should shy away. It's, it's not that hard. Stand bold and courageous. Ask the questions. Get the answers. And then let's make our, our, our elections better and safer. Yeah, I've told you before the Gordon Liddy story. The trick is not minding. The trick is not minding. The labels cannot bother you. Again, like I said the other day, the left superpower is lying. But you are the, well, in Joe Biden's example, you're the electric car, which supplies the power for the Democratic lies to be a superpower. Because if you don't listen to them, if you don't let their labels that you're a racist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, transphobic, If those labels mean nothing to you, and they should mean nothing to you, because you know who you are, you know whose you are, why would you empower them to make you feel like less than you are? This is what I've never understood about racial slurs. Racial slurs say far more about the person uttering the slur than they do about the person they're directed toward. They say nothing about the person they're directed toward. They say everything about the person who is small enough, bigoted enough to use them. But the receiver of the slur slur empowers the person who utters the slur if you allow the slur to bother slur to bother you. Like they don't know anything about you. They're they're exposing everything about themselves with a slur. Now, the thing about Mastriano and Carrie Lake is that both were aided in their primaries by Democratic organizations. <laughs> Democratic organizations gave money, $19 million, to candidates they deemed to be too far right to be elected. Well, Carrie Lake's going to get elected governor of Arizona. And there's going to be some serious sheriffing going on in the state of Arizona as it concerns, concerns the border. The Biden administration is mad at Doug Ducey for stacking cargo containers along the border. You think Doug Ducey's difficult to deal with? Wait till Carrie Lake's on the job. Now, she's not the only one that the Democrats reached out to help because they figured she was a fringe candidate who, if they helped her win the primary, would lose the general. It now appears that in New Hampshire, retired U.S. Army Brigadier General Don Bolduc has taken the lead in what was once considered a long-shot bid to defeat Democratic Senator Maggie Hassan. When you talked about the Senate, oh, can we win the Senate? Can we get the 51 could we possibly get J.D. Vance over the line? And then maybe could we win with Blake Masters in Arizona or maybe Adam Laxalt in Nevada or, oh, be still my heart, Herschel Walker in Georgia. We could just win one of those. They didn't even mention Don Bolduc because Don Bolduc was out there, baby. He was way out there. He's an election denier, right? He's one of the 300 election deniers Biden talked about last night. Now Bolduc's in the lead. He's in the lead Thank you, Democrats. Appreciate it. We'll take your money. You've taken enough of ours. We'll take your money to help 
authentic pro-American candidates. It's hilarious. Chickens coming home to roost. Chickens coming home to roost. That's exactly what it is. And oh, by the way, it's nice to have governors in control of swing states like Arizona, Brian Kemp in Georgia. Oh, if we could get Mastriano in Pennsylvania, that would be, oh, if Mastriano wins, then don't pay attention to a poll ever because they still have Mastriano down by like almost 10 points in Pennsylvania. The Fetterman Oz thing has apparently flipped around, although I'm not I'm not going to be the guy sitting here next Wednesday going, well, I apologize. I told you, you know, it was going to be this, and it turned out. I'm pumping the brakes. We had Matt Mayer on Opportunity Ohio, or at least at 240 in the House. What did he say, 52? 50, I wrote it somewhere. 52 in the Senate with a minimum of 52. 52, maybe 53. Um, but I hope he's right. <laughs> oh, man, do I hope he's right. But it's hilarious to me to see and the Democrats that want to have it both ways, right? Want to have it both ways. Democracy, democracy, a threat to democracy, election deniers. And why are you giving them your money? Why are you giving them their, your money if you think they're such a threat? Why are you giving them your money to try to get them elected? Now, I will say, the Democratic Party does have an unusual way of appealing to swing voters. This election will be decided, a lot of people say, by what? White suburban women in the suburbs. They went with Trump in 2016. They went away from Trump in 2020. So the white suburban women in the suburbs are the key. Here's Sonny Hostin courting white suburban women in the suburbs. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid. See, well, who wouldn't want to vote for Democrats when Sonny Hostin likens you to roaches? I mean, that's an olive branch if ever I saw one. Thank you, Sonny. So I happened upon this last night. It is a Catholic priest, and I'm trying to find the backstory on it. But what I do know about it is that uh, the bishop in this particular parish uh, issued an apology for this message from a Catholic priest. I believe this is in either England or Scotland. And I play it for you because I say all the time, the battle for control the Senate, control the House, the battle for the presidency, the battle for our schools, the border battle... Basically, it's all a battle for truth. It is all a battle for true things that are ordained or established as truth by God. And will we submit to his authority in our life? Or will we think it through ourselves and decide, yeah, I like this piece, I don't like that piece, let's leave that piece there. The Christian faith is not a la carte, okay? You don't get to order off the menu the pieces you like and the pieces you don't like. Joe Biden does that. Nancy Pelosi does that. They both say they are devout Catholics. Really? Hmm. They're very pro-abortion. I don't believe that's the Catholic position. At least it is not as articulated in this homily by this Catholic priest. Listen closely. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Where's he going wrong? What is so sad today is you rarely hear about sin, but it's rampant. It's rampant. And we see it, for example, in the legislation. 
of our governments. We see it in the promotion of abortion. We see it for in, the, in the example of this lunatic approach of transgenderism. We see it, for example, in the promotion of sex between two men or two women. That is sinful. That is mortal sin. And people don't seem to realize it. But it's a fact. It's a reality. And we need to listen to God about it. Because if we don't, then there's no hope for those people. And so God is also telling you and me today, look, you have a responsibility to seek out those who are lost. You have a responsibility to call people to an awareness of the fact that sin is destructive. Sin is detrimental. And sin will lead us to hell. When we, when we honor the saints on the first of this coming month, we honor people who are saints. Why are they saints? Because they repented and because they sought forgiveness. As somebody said one time, he heaven is full of converted sinners. And so today, God says to us, I have come to call sinners. But if you don't admit you're a sinner, then you're not listening to my call. And I can't do anything for you. Because it's a two-way street. Now there are people, you see, who won't like to hear what I'm saying. But the day you die, you will find out that what I'm saying is not what I invented. It's not what I came up with. It's what God is saying. And the day you die, you will find out that is the truth. Our prayer for people is that... You, it won't be too late for people. But how will people know that God wants to forgive them if we don't tell them? How will people who are lost be found if we, as God's people, don't call them and say, Look, God loves you. He has come to call sinners, but he wants you to have life and have it to the full. Because that's what he wants. He wants you to live life to the fullest. But since he's the author of life, we can only live it through, with, and in His grace, through the power of His Spirit. Now, that is very much a truth message. I'm not going to get into like some of the places where I may differ on the margins. Okay, like mortal sin—that's a Catholic thing. I believe there's forgiveness for any sin. I'm not going to get into saints. But by and large, God calls us to be repentant sinners, to redeem us from our sin by what Christ did at the cross. And then he outlined a lot of social things like transgenderism and homosexuality and abortion, and I'm with him 100% on all that. Now, this is an Irish priest. And in the aftermath of this message, he said in the message, and he was right, that a lot of people would be in disagreement with him. And they were. And they were. And a number of people complained. And so the bishop in that area, his name is Raymond Brown, apologized for the message because of the, quote, deep hurt and offense caused by that message. Here's what I would say. If it caused deep hurt and offense... That's good. That's conviction. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. That's an alarm bell. That's a warning sign. That's a call to repentance. That's a call to changed behavior, changed views, align your view with God's. His isn't moving to come into partnership with yours. 
I read periodically in the dispatch these opinion peoples, these opinion pieces from Catholics who are like, ah, you got to get on board with 60% of the Catholic churches are is for abortion. So what? I don't care if it's the evangelical church, the Baptists, the Mennonites. I don't care what percentage of any denomination believes whatever they believe. If it's not in accord with what the Holy Scriptures say, it's wrong. It's wrong. Okay? The Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the, re- the priest who gave the uh, homily, Sean Sheehy, he's retired. He was retired before this. He was coming back to, uh, it says here, deputize the parish priest. I'm not sure how that works, but maybe he comes back to, you know, it's like starting a new pastorate or whatever. But at any rate, he gave this message Sunday. And he said, people don't talk about sin. Nobody talks about sin. A number of people are reported to have left the church in protest over the priest's homily. Well, that's unfortunate. Because, man, if you attend a church where the person giving the message speaks that message, you get your butt back in that pew every single Sunday and bring as many friends with you as you can because that message needs to be preached all over the world. All over the world. Because that's the only hope we have. We don't have hope in Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or any other political candidate. We got more of a hope if they're aligned with God. But our hope is not in any person. People will always disappoint you. No matter who it is, no matter how close they are to you, no matter how much they love you, they will always disappoint you. But the love and acceptance and forgiveness of the God who sent his son to die for us, that never changes. Never changes. And I'm I'm very sad for this bishop who had the chance to stand up and say, you're offended? That's a you problem. That's a blessing that you're offended. Because the truth is not offensive. The truth is uncomfortable. The truth is uncompromising. And we've somehow perverted our world into the things where if it's uncomfortable or uncompromising, it's unwise, but that's not the case.